Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Oh God, King of glory, King of glory, we lift you up. We lift up the King of glory. Jesus, we thank you that you came. We thank you that you came in a body, that we can see your light. We can see the light of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for you, God, we would never have known that we were in the darkness. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the kingdom of God. It's like a, a, a cauterizing of the retinal. It's like, a, it's like blindness. But Jesus, you gave us salve for our eyes that we could see. Lord Jesus, you gave us a robe of righteousness so that we can approach God. And this is one of the biggest revelations to me is part of Matthew 6.33 where he said, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. The king's righteousness is the ability to stand before the king. Listen to me, church. You are not the army. This is a lie from the devil to wear you out. You are the royal priesthood. You are the citizens of heaven. And Jesus Christ, when he stood before Pilate, said, I could send 10 legions of angels, but I won't. Jesus was ministered to by angels in the desert. Jesus was told by the devil and by Psalms that the angels would rescue him, that the angels would prevent him from, from, from treading and, and, and breaking a bone. Jesus said the angels will go into the water and stir the waters. Listen, you are a son. You know, imagine the children of the royal family. They have maids, they have butlers, they have everybody doing everything for them. And most of all, they have an inheritance. And most of all, they have access. The king, the the children can go into the throne room. In war, in battle, in good times, in bad times, no matter what the king is doing, the children can walk right up to the throne and they know that the answer is yes. So what is wrong? What is wrong with you? What are you going after today? Let me tell you the truth. It's not God's fault. There's nothing he is responsible for now. He has paid the price in his own blood. He has given you his son. Romans says, how will he not with him give you all other things as well? He has given you eternal life. He has given you the spirit of God. His own spirit lives inside of you. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. You have authority over all of the power of the evil one. You have the keys to the kingdom so that everything you bind will be bound. Everything you loose will be loosed. 
In fact, you've been given authority over the whole earth, but not over all of heaven, because Jesus said, I have been given authority in heaven and on the earth, therefore go. And he gave us the keys and he said that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, not whatever you bind in heaven. So he is the God of heaven. He is the God of glory. But he has made us the gods of this earth and we have been ripped off. The devil has taken our place. This is our land. This is our authority. This is our domain. He made us of the dust of the earth. We are made of earth. We are made for dominion in the territory of the earth because we have it in our body. The devil was never made from the earth. The devil was made for heaven. He was made from heaven. He was made of spiritual things. He is a spirit and he doesn't have a body. We are a body and we have the spirit of God. We are standing in heaven concurrently with God as we stand physically on the earth. That gives us Diplomacy, an ambassador is living in a country with feet on the ground. Listen to me. I'm speaking as an ambassador now, so listen to me. Stop the interruptions, turn off the other things that are going on and listen to me. Even if you have to come back and pause it, come back in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of distraction. Whoa. I am an ambassador and an ambassador has feet on the ground, citizenship in a foreign nation. They have immunity. They have military support, financial support. But they also have citizenship in their own nation and that gives them a unique power. That gives them the ability to negotiate with a foreign power that gives them the ability to bring the will and the desire of their nation into another nation. You know, if the US ambassador to Australia is living in in Melbourne, Australia, or Sydney, Australia, or Canberra, he will have a house, he will have a car, he will have a military protection. You know, if the Australian government turned against him, the entire U.S. Army would come, if need be. If America needed to, to, to nuclear bomb Australia to get that one man out, if it came to that, that is what they would do for a citizen, for a citizen. How much more for a son? How much more for an ambassador? So you and I are here with diplomatic immunity as an ambassador with feet on the ground in the earth, but really we are from heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, Paul said. All things are ours, things present and things to come. So when are you going to get angry? Sickness is illegal. Debt is illegal. We are to take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ, punishing punishing every act of disobedience. What that means is if the devil breathes, he gets kicked out. If somebody calls you and starts to speak from Satan, you hang up the phone. 
You tell them not to call you. You block them or you rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Or if they're a brother or a sister, you pray for them. You may need to teach them about the kingdom of God. You may need to teach them about who they are. You and I have a responsibility to judge the church. That's right. Paul said, what responsibility is it of mine to judge the world? But certainly I am to judge the church. We are to judge the church. So if someone in your church is a homosexual, you tell them off. If someone in your church is about to leave their husband or wife, you slap them in the face. And you take them before the pastors and you say, hey, guys, we need an injunction here. And if someone sins, you tell the whole church. This is the kingdom. What benefit is it to you if you lose your soul and gain the whole world? Isn't it better to cut off an arm or a leg or pull out an eye? I'm telling you the truth. It is physically better. But God has better things in store for you and I. And he just wants to remind you of who you are and of the kingdom of God. So if there's a problem... This, it's not God's fault. He has poured out his blood. He's given us his son. So the problem lies in, in two or three areas, guys. Listen to me. Don't get exhausted. You've got to grow a capacity to take spiritual things. I can feel that you're already getting worn out. But I haven't, this is, I'm on 0.01% of my capacity here. Okay? So you need to be able to eat meat. No more lollipop Christianity where we're drinking milkshakes. We need the meat of the word. You wake up, you eat bone broth. You have lamb shanks. You eat the bone. Okay? So the problem lies in where did you go off track? At what point did you stop believing God? At what point did you believe a lie? Paul says, who has bewitched you? You started off in the spirit. Are you now in the flesh? So there are doctrines of demons in the church. There are people taken captive by the devil to do his will. It is possible. I know the truth is hard, but it's possible that your church is off track. It's possible that your pastor has a demon spirit. It doesn't mean he's not a good person. It doesn't mean he's not saved. But how much of your pastor has been influenced by by the world, by the political spirit, by the, the, the religious spirit, or by a demon? Or maybe your pastor's wife is a Jezebel. Or maybe he is a Jezebel. It doesn't mean he's not saved. But it means that the power of God is going to be of no effect. Jesus warned us, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Beware of the teachings of religion. Beware of the yeast of Herod. Beware of the teachings of politics. So to the extent that you are listening to political thinking in your church services, to that extent you are stuffed. And you have a responsibility from Jesus Christ, the King, to remove those teachings from your mind. Now, you can sit in church and listen to them and guard your heart and take it away and go, you know what, that was not God. You need to test the spirits, John says. Are they the Antichrist? 
That's your responsibility. Come on, grow up, church. Grow up. You don't just sit in church and take an intravenous to the brain. You you measure prophecy. You test prophecy. You test the spirits. Okay? Okay, I've been, I, this, I don't know why, but I've got to help you guys with the practical things. I've been in church services where the worship team is doing a great job and the Holy Spirit is moving, and then they go into the soul realm. And I've discerned that this is not God now. People are just getting excited. They're jumping around. Now, I just thought, you know, that's okay. I'm not going to leave the church because of that. I'm not going to say anything to the pastor because of that. How can I coach the worship team? But, but I know there's a moment where they went off track, okay, because, you know, where we have a soul. You know, sometimes people just want to have fun and it's not necessarily a sin. But I've discerned during the worship when there was an opportunity to go up like a vacuum for the whole church to be taken up a level. And, you know, I've had the beautiful experience in the past of being able to lead services and to being able to to, to be a meeting leader or, or a, a preacher or a pastor. And that is a beautiful place to be where you can see what the Father is doing and do it. That's the point of the church. That's the point of Christianity. And that's the point of the leadership. And that's why we need the fivefold ministry. It's not enough to have a political leader. It's not enough to have a you know, someone with a gift of administration, you know, in, in, in charge of a, of a social structure. We need the, the apostle. We need the prophet. We need the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. We need to identify these people. We need to, to pray and fast and ask the Holy Spirit who they are, and we need to, to, to let them be themselves. And we need to identify the gifts. You know, if someone's sick in your church, you you go and you say, the person who has the working of miracles, that is a gift. There is a box, a treasure chest of gifts in your church. Someone has the gift of prophecy. Someone has the gift of wisdom. So if you're starting a business, you should technically go to the person who has previously been identified to have the gift of wisdom to say, hey, buddy, you tell me my business plan. I'm telling you the truth. They will get you into a place of competitive advantage in six months. They will tell you which, you know, which bank to not use and which city to not go into, and, and they will help you. And if you make a mistake, somebody with the word of wisdom, with the word of knowledge, somebody with a teaching gift, somebody's going to help you. We're meant to take over. We're meant to we're meant to destroy the works of the devil, but it's not a single man's job. There's no Rambo in church. There's no Schwarzenegger in church. It's we're a body. We're a body and we need each other. So where have you gone off track? I'm telling you, this is number one. It's not God. He is not off track. He has it's not his responsibility. And the, the sooner that you and I accept that, the better, because it's empowering. It is violently empowering to you because if it's not God, then it's either you or the devil. So number two, where did you get off track? Maybe you just need to go back to this morning and, and say, you know what, God, I, I rushed off. I'm sorry. I didn't pray. I'm going to wait on you. 
I'm going to cancel that meeting. I'm going to disappoint a man, but I'm going to reappoint God. I said, I'm going to disappoint a man, but I'm going to reappoint God. Maybe you go back to 10 years ago when you cheated on your wife and you say, you know what? I made a mistake. You may need to go and apologize to her. You may need to repent of something, but that's number two. You've got to go back to where you left off. If you are stuck at number two, this is what you can do by the Holy Spirit. Take communion every day for 30 days and say, you know, where is the God of Elijah? God, your blood is enough. Your name is enough. Your son Jesus is enough. And I'm taking communion today on day one. And I'm asking you to show me where I went wrong. And, and on day two, you take communion. And on day three, do that for 30 days. Not fighting God, but wrestling with God. Applying the power of the name of Jesus over your circumstances, the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of his body, eating communion, but doing communion with him, which is a relationship. Be honest with him. Maybe you ask a different question every day for 30 days. Maybe you apply the blood to 30 different areas. Maybe you have 30 different illnesses you need healed, but you take it to God and you partner with him in what he's already done, but applying it to your life and believing God and telling him that by the end of these 30 days, I'm going to have no sickness in my body. I'm going to have no financial problems. I'm going to have no debt. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to have a a wife, a car, a ministry, whatever it is that you need. And, and, it, and if you get to the end of 30 days and it hasn't happened, maybe you do another 30 days. But, but then we go to point three. If you, if you get back on track, knowing that he's already done everything, knowing that you've done everything right, everything that you can do to obey him, you've repented, okay? Then number three is sometimes, you know, this is just a side state, but sometimes the problem is in other people, but you can't blame them. You cannot hold them accountable. You need to bear with one another. You need to carry each other's burdens. You need to bear with those who are weak. The Bible says those who are strong should carry those who are weak. Okay? So it's possible that the church didn't help you. It's possible that somebody didn't pray for you. It's possible that the, the, that I didn't love you. That I didn't, that, you know, G, that one John says, you know, how can you say that you know God if you don't love your brother? James says, you know, if your brother is in need, financial need, and you don't help him, then then you don't, basically, you don't know God. <laughs> so it's possible that I didn't help you, and I'm sorry, and I repent on behalf of the church for not being Christ to you, for not being the body. You know, but there's, there is there is dysfunction and there's disorder. And you know what? The devil is not stupid. He is a strategist. You know, he doesn't know everything. And he makes mistakes, but some of the prop, some of the traps that you are in that he has laid have been very elaborate. He's attacked you on, it's called total war. The enemy doesn't just invade with an artillery. He, he hacks your servers. He, he affects your weather. You know, it's called total war. He, 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 fight, he fights you. Look at China now and America and in Russia. 
you know, they will attack your infrastructure. They will attack you with viruses. They will attack you with, 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 with computer hacking. They will attack you economically with sanctions. The devil is applying total war. It's on Wikipedia. Look it up. Total war is where there's no rules of war. There's no rules of engagement. He'll kill you. He'll kill your babies. He'll, he'll, he'll urinate on you if he has to. He'll do anything he can. He'll blow himself up to, just to give you a scratch. He's happy to flatten an entire city. He's happy to lose battalions of his own soldiers just to get you distracted for a second, just so he can lay a trap. He'll take out entire jurisdictions of his own kingdom just to get you off track. It's called total war. That is Satan. He is a total maniac. He is, if, you look, if you look at any movies and remember... Any insane, you know, criminal mastermind from a movie, any psychopathic person from a movie who has no conscience, the devil's worse than that. You know, he will drive a semi-trailer into your car on purpose. So we have, we don't fear the devil. We have angels of protection. We have the name of Jesus. We have the word of God. But what I'm saying is as we follow this strategy, number one, God is not responsible. Number two, you are responsible. But number three, the church is also responsible. So number three, we forgive the church. We don't, there's no, you have no expectation on them. That you cannot expect anything from your pastor. You cannot expect because they are a son of God too. You need to forgive your brother seven times 70. So God's not placing any expectation on them. Yes, he's commanded them. Yes, there's going to be a judgment. Yes, there'll be a reward. But what I'm saying is you need to forgive the church. We have failed you for sure. We didn't tell you off when we should have. We didn't correct you when we should have. We didn't rebuke you when we should have. We didn't give you money when we, when we had money and you had none. But God can make it up to you. He can feed you from hidden manna. He can, he can feed you from a fish with a coin in its mouth. Okay, This is the kingdom. The kingdom is unlimited. He can use the devil to, 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 to give you money, which has happened to other people. You know, I've heard of and I know, but that's just an example. So finally, number four is it's the demonic. It is the demonic and and you have a soul. You have a body. You have a mind, will and emotions. You wake up and you've had nightmares, you, you know, that were demonic. And, it, and you wake up feeling dirty because you had a demonic dream that wasn't you and it wasn't God. And a 10 other million things that could happen. So you, again, need to take responsibility. Paul said, I beat my body daily lest I be disqualified. Paul says, you take your thoughts captive. You guard your tongue. James says, you guard your tongue. You hold your tongue. You train your tongue. Paul says, you train as a soldier. You are not a civilian. A soldier does not get involved in civilian affairs. When are you going to wake up? Maybe you can't watch Netflix ever again. Maybe you can never go to a bar ever again because you know that you have a weakness in that area that God hasn't, you know, you haven't fully been restored in that area. You know, maybe 
You need to fast and pray to lock the devil out. You know, maybe you need to get up at four o'clock in the morning and pray in tongues for four hours before you talk to your kids and your wife because you always get distracted, you always lose your temper, and you always ruin it. <laughs> so you have to manage your body. God, God's not going to manage your body. You are responsible to feed yourself, to exercise, to to not take medication and not let the government experiment with your body, okay? You are responsible to not go and eat sugar and die early. Yes, there's healing, but God is expecting you to be a good steward. You are also responsible for your mind. I, I'm not going to force you to read the Bible. You know, God's not going to going to send a lightning strike to disconnect your internet. You are going to have to choose. You are responsible for your gate. If you leave the gate open, the chickens are going to run away. If you leave the gate open, the foxes are going to come in. Only you can close your gate. I'm talking about your mind gate. I'm talking about your mouth gate. I'm not going to force feed you vegetables. No one can force you to eat vegetables. You are the one putting McDonald's in your mouth. You know, you are a man, you know, or a woman. So you are responsible to shut your mouth gate to sugar. You are responsible to shut your ear gate to gossip. You are responsible to shut your eye gate to pornography or bad news. You are responsible. Come on, church, grow up. Grow up. You have to take responsibility for your mind, for your will, for your emotions, for your body, for your time. And then you're a ba- Then when you grow up, once you've done that, you're a baby, Christian. Zero, level zero. Then you start to take responsibility for your atmosphere. You start to take responsibility for the spiritual atmosphere of your house. You take responsibility for your children. You start to bind the devil in their lives. You start to take authority over their thoughts and their mind, their will, their emotions. You start to pray for them, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, pulling down strongholds, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. You begin to pray for your neighbors. You begin to pray for your government. You begin to pray for your city and your nation. And God can give you the earth. Revelation chapter 2 says, you will, you will judge the nations. I will give you the nations as your inheritance. But you take it. You take the nations one jurisdiction at a time. Guys, I'm not being mean. I am helping you by giving you the truth. I don't want you to waste another day. Now, your flesh is going to scream and yell, but you have been given the truth today. Now, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Jesus Christ is good. He's a good father. He gives you all that you need. Listen to this beautiful scripture. What a glorious God. He gives us salvation over and over. Then he daily carries our burdens. Our God is a mighty God who saves us over and over. For the Lord Yahweh 
rescues us from the ways of death many times. Now that's you and I. He is he gives us salvation, physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, financial healing, spiritual healing over and over and over and over. He carries our burdens. Let him carry your burdens today. This is not all about hard work. This is about yielding to the spirit. This is about agreeing with the truth today. This is about being a son and letting him adopt you, letting him fight your battles. Remember, I said it's the army that goes and fights. You are the citizens. When, when America invades Australia to defend its ambassador as a hypothetical ex- parallel analogy, the, 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 the ambassador doesn't fight. He stays locked up in his compound. And the military, the, the army comes and invades and fights. And in the kingdom of God, those are our beautiful angels. The angels fight. So this is not about you fighting. Your fight is not with flesh and blood, but with, with powerful weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Your fight is to petition God. What does Paul say? Pray in the Spirit always. Stand on the Word of God. Stand with the sword of the Spirit. Praying all kinds of prayers and requests and stand. What does Jesus say? He said, if you speak to the mountain, it'll be removed. He said, ask and, and it will be answered. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and it will be found. He said, Paul says, come to the throne of grace with confidence. Have you noticed a pattern here? Your fight is with your mouth. Pray without ceasing. Praise God. Sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs in your heart. Pray without ceasing, with all kinds of prayers and requests. He who has confidence will ask who has confidence with God will ask God, and God will meet his needs. Every single request, every single scripture is about your petitioning of the king because you're a son. I said it's because you are a son. Your job is to ask. That is all he's asking us to do. Would you believe? Even the Bible says if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Jesus Christ says those who overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. So again, it's your words, it's your words, it's your words, it's your words, it's your words. You're a word carrier. That is why you are a weapon. That is why you're under attack. That is why you're a threat to the enemy. It's not about you. It's the word that you carry. The ambassador is a threat to Australia because he has the words of the, of the president of the United States. The ambassador has no words of his own. When the ambassador meets in Canberra, to speak on behalf of his country, a foreign nation, he is not speaking his opinion. He says, my government would like to do this. My government would like to do that. The president and I were on the phone and he says this and he says that and he negotiates diplomatically with Australia on behalf of the will of his government so that he can increase the kingdom of America in the nation of Australia. And that is your job. That is my job. We do not fight. 
Our fight is with not with flesh and blood, but with, with principalities and powers and with the word of God. Our fight is to speak. You are a word carrier. The reason you've been under attack, the reason things haven't been going well for you, the reason you, whatever your complaint is, have no money, have no hair, have no job, is because you are a threat to the enemy for the one reason that you carry the word of the king. And you are necessarily responsible to speak it out. So speak over your body. Speak over your wife. Speak over your mind, will, and emotion. Speak over the devil. This whole battle that you're in is to choke the seed, bearing it unfruitful. What is the seed? According to Matthew 13, it's the word of God. So the devil comes immediately to steal the word of God. The devil comes, the, the worries of the world are there to choke the word of God. The, 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 the deceitfulness of wealth and riches are there to choke and scorch the word of God, bearing it unfruitful. I'm giving you the secret today. If you want to bear fruit a hundred times, if you want to hear, you know, good and faithful servant come into your father's bosom, you know, if you want to lead people to Christ and be a fisher of men, then be a carrier of the word of God and speak it out. That is your purpose in life, not your business, not your wife, not your needs, your single purpose. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. There is no second place. And all these things will be added to you. So so second place, third place, 99th place are gifts from the king to those who solely seek the kingdom. What Jesus is saying is seek only the advancement of my territory on the earth domain and the ability to stand face to face with me. So that's the first thing we deal with is sin. We repent of our sin. Jesus, you are God. You died, you rose again, you are seated on the right hand of God and I repent of my sin. I will not sin anymore. Help me not to sin. I will live my life for you, Jesus. I drink your body. I drink your blood. I eat your body. You make it. You make a deal with him now. I said you make a deal with him now. It's a transaction with your mouth. You swear allegiance to Christ. And then you spend every day of your life, whether it's an hour or a hundred years to come, seeking first his kingdom influence on the earth, his kingdom, his domain, his influence, his word will increase on earth through you. That is your purpose. I will increase the word of God in the earth today. I will increase the authority, the name, the power, the influence, the character, the word, the person of Jesus Christ on the earth, and I will know him. Father, I just pray for the holy fire of God, for my brothers and sisters to consume them. Lord, if they are willing, just they say, just say yes. If you are willing, say yes, and the Father will breathe a fire, a fire on you today in Jesus' name. He is an all-consuming fire. He is an all-consuming fire. He wants all. All of you, he likes the smell of fat on the barbecue. 
He wants to burn you up and burn you so there's nothing left but Him. Our faith, although tested, is more precious than gold refined in the fire. Father, refine us in your fire. Refine us in the fire of your word. Refine us in the fire of persecution. Refine us in the fire of of suffering so that we may reign with Christ. Those who suffer with him will reign with him. Lord, burn us with your fire. Burn us with your fire. Send the holy fire. Send the fire of your word. Send the fire of your love. Send the fire of your spirit. Send the fire of your affection. Send the fire of your correction. Send the fire of the Holy Spirit and burn everything that can be burned so that nothing but you remains. So that when we stand on you in that day, you say, well done, good and faithful servant. And we look around and we see nothing and we think, what, the, what have we done? What the heck have we done? What did we do, Lord? We, we never... We didn't feed you. We didn't, I don't remember doing that. And he'll show you the selfless life that you lived where you were invisible and everybody else saw Jesus. So we lift you up, Jesus, today. We lift you up today. We are broken vessels and we say, come in, come in, fill us, Holy Spirit. Burn us up so there's nothing left but you. We know that you're a lover of our soul. Your name, see, his name is jealous. God says, my name is jealous. James chapter 4 in the Passion Translation says, you know, do you not know that God is a jealous lover, desiring more and more and more and more and more of you, would you just yield and lay down to the Lord, lay down, lay down, lay down, lay down your weapons, lay down your life, lay down your opinions and your thoughts and your beliefs and your hurt and your pain and your past and your future and your privilege, lay it all down. And let him love on you. Let him burn you. And he will take your hand and he will lift you up and he will pull you to your feet. And he'll dust you off and he'll give you a sword and he'll give you a shield. And you will go into battle together. You'll walk together. No more walking alone. No more doing it alone. No more blaming God. It's his fight. I said, it's his fight. It's his word that you're carrying. It's his sword that you're carrying. It's his spirit that indwells you. It's his mind that is over you. It's his helmet of salvation that's on your head. It's his shield of faith and his righteousness that you're wearing. So why don't you just give up and just get in him? I said, just get in him today. That's it. It's done. It's done. Hallelujah. It's done. I've seen, I've seen you. I've seen you in him. I've seen you wearing the full armor of God. Behold, I present Jonathan to you, Lord. I present this person to you, Lord. They are ready for battle. They are ready to be your lover. Lord, would you, would you walk with them today? Would you carry them today? Would you take them on the beautiful journey I've been on? Would you show them your kingdom and your glory
show them, Lord, would you, would you make a path for them that they might walk with you in the cool of the day, today, every day on earth as it is in heaven? Lord, walk with them as the disciples' hearts burned on the road to Emmaus. Would, you, would their hearts burn as you walk with them? From now on, they are going to walk with you, Jesus, and their hearts are going to burn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't need anyone to teach. You don't need me. You go and you spend time with Jesus and you read his word and and you obey him. Obey him. Obey him in the little things. Obey him when he says to take your dog for a walk, when he says to tie your shoelace. Obey him when he says to give money. Just obey him. And, and he will show you the good of the land. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Look, you're probably going to have to... Um, no, I'm going to put no other burden on you. If you've listened to the end, you've done very, very well. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Just love him today. Just tell him you love him. Just praise him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.